Welcome to Bad Hasbara, the world's most moral podcast. My name is Matt Lieb. I am going to be your host for this evening. I don't know. For this episode, for this podcast. Uh, Welcome to episode one. There was kind of a half episode that came out uh, just a bit ago in which I explained what the podcast was going to be. But this is technically episode. We're starting now. So don't even that other one is not canon. All the stories that I told on that one, that does if I tell them again, I'm allowed because I didn't tell them on this episode. Until now, nothing else counts. So anyways, hi, I'm Matt Lieb. Very excited for you to listen to this podcast about Hasbara. What is Hasbara? Hasbara is a Hebrew word for shit I just made up to explain why that thing you saw isn't actually what you saw. Your eyes are lying to you, and I am telling you the truth. Sleep now. Uh, And today, we're going to be talking about all sorts of stuff. Uh, We are going to be talking with a good friend of mine. He is a social worker. He is a Jewish anti-Zionist, and he is a creator on TikTok. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone else, welcome Ben Ziggy. Hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me. Of course, man. It's going good. How how are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Taking a break from work on vacation. Uh, hope to get some work done. You know, you're gonna work on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Around the house, stuff like that. I'm doing that too. That's literally what I'm doing this very second. I shouldn't be, but you know, sometimes podcasting is just more important than family. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, so I want to talk about our history, Ben, mm-hmm. this is, this is the first time I think that you and I have, well, not the first time I, I feel like we probably have interacted vocally before, at least it feels that way. We know each other from Jew book 2015, I would say. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So for those of you who are not familiar with Jew book, um, Jew book was, you see, back in the day, Facebook started to uh, be trash. And what happened was Facebook became this place where the only good thing were these things called Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. And for uh, Jewish people, there was a bunch of Jewish Facebook groups where a bunch of Jews got together and it like it like ran the entire spectrum politically. There was like super Zionist groups. There were anti-Zionist groups. There were liberal Zionist groups. And we all ended up like meeting each other and fighting. Um, and it was uh, fun and traumatic. And it really like really niche. Like I feel like if any outside observer saw what we were talking about, they'd be like, what the fuck? What the fuck are these Jews talking about? You know yeah, it saying? was very much like this balkanized version of Jewish internet. And like you would take arguments from one group to another and just change whatever the topic was, but the beef remained constant. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's people who like, I'm, I'm certain we're still beefing, even though I haven't been on Facebook since like 2017, (laughs) 
Like, but I'm certain that we we are still talking shit about each other. It's actually funny. In one of the groups, so I told you that um, somebody posted that, oh, you're doing this podcast. Um, and uh, so she said, yeah, Matt is doing this podcast. And then a comment other one was says, tell that coward to unblock me. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I love that. I didn't even know. Yeah. I didn't even know I had blocked some. I mean, I'm certain I did. You know, I, yeah. I have a pretty heavy block finger when it comes to psychopaths. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe I will. Maybe I will unblock them. There was a. Uh, there was just like a lot of a lot of great characters on there, and like a lot of the discussions that we had. Um, you know, back in the day, it was just an inter-Jewish mm-hmm. discussion. Um, arguments about Zionism that weren't being taken to, I would say like the outside world and for a lot lot of different reasons. Sorry. I was gonna say it was a lot of of inside baseball sort of conversations that wasn't like happening in front of like the rest of the people on Twitter and Mm -hmm. I guess Instagram at the time for sure. Yeah. And, and the reason for that, at least for me specifically, I remember, um, there was a long time where I was really uncomfortable talking about, um, like saying my full feelings about Israel in front of people who weren't Jewish, mm-hmm. um, because of the fact that I was like, you know, I, I mean, I was like a, a big critic of it, but I would be suspicious every time someone who wasn't Jewish was a critic. I'd be like, well, why, why do you even care? Even though they agreed with literally everything I said. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I would be like, yeah, but it's weird that you think that. Like, only I should be able to recognize apartheid. For you, there's got to be something more to it. Um, I don't know if that was uh, your uh, feeling or experience at any point. I, I would. I'm actually interested to know more about you, Ben, in terms sure. of where you're coming from. So I, I could do a whole like several. Uh, episode arc on my whole Jewish life. But in short, I was in sort of a lot of Jewish religious communities for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I started to take, you know, some distance from those groups, especially around when Trump started to rise, that was like, hey, this this place doesn't feel safe for me. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of where I went was online in a lot of these Facebook groups. And at that point, like, I would say I was more one of those people who was like, well, I support Israel, but I'm against the Israeli government. And a lot of these groups, and especially Bad Hasbara, like really allowed me to um, like flesh out and explore and reflect in some of those things. And like having those discussions out loud was what really pushed me like as much as a lot of things left, you know, to being not just like I support Palestinians, but like I am staunch anti-Zionist and recognizing how that contradiction had to play out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so did you, uh, was there any kind kind of like, uh, moment in which you decided to, you know, take it from the, uh, Jewish Facebook groups out into the world? Um, yeah, I think part of it was when, uh, like, just going on, like, left Twitter, which is a disaster area, <laughs> which I'm so glad is, I think, slowly dying. Yeah. Um, it's, like, one of the last things that's going on in Twitter other than just, like, Bitcoin bros. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it was on Twitter and kind of reflecting those and taking actual my opinions because uh, Book was still sort of like a bubble, yeah. you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and... <laughs> 
actually taking it out into left spaces where a lot of those views had to be really um, uh, countered and some of the assumptions that I had, which were wrong. For example, I used to actually believe the, the notion that, you know, from the river to the sea was this genocidal notion for, you know, the killing of all Jews mm -hmm. in Israel. And then for the first time on Twitter, I actually had to like, defend those views. And I'm like, oh, I can't, I, can't stand on, <laughs> yeah. I don't have a leg to stand on here. It's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was also like, I think I was ready. You know, I was primed at some point because a lot of people can have those, you know, views challenged and it won't, nothing will happen. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, for sure. There's, I would say, um, a shocking amount of people can have those views challenged <laughs> and not move a single inch. Uh, yeah. And I think that is something that uh, I've seen now to a degree where I'm just like, uh, well, what's going to do it for you, buddy? Uh, which is one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast, because mm -hmm. I, I, I wanted to talk to people who I'm like, is everyone else going fucking crazy or am I insane? You are not. Um, actually, I think it's something that maybe you might be familiar with. So, and it, it, as a social worker, I obviously, I treat people. And one of the things that I work in is actually substance use treatment. And um, mm -hmm. a lot of people, if you're not familiar, there are something called the five stages of change. It's called the trans something stages of change. I can't remember what it's called because I don't have a textbook in front of me. Yeah, yeah. Someone is like looking to change or heal. You know, there are different stages that they're in. And the first one is called um, uh, pre-contemplation. And that is at the point when they have zero interest in changing and there's yeah. nothing you could do. Their life could be falling apart. They could be drinking, falling down the gutter. And you could be like, hey, man, you, you've got blood on you. Um, where did that come from? And they'll be like, I don't know. Yeah. And I really do think the change from like understanding what Israel actually is, you know, can very much be applied to this. You know, if you are very much deep in that mindset, there is no facts. There is nothing, no information that's going to penetrate you. So you're alluding to with me, I was a, a drug addict for many years and then I am now a sober person. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I've been sober for about 14 years. And like uh, I also have noticed the similarities between substance abuse <laughs> and Zionism. Uh, like like Israel is um is like uh kind of it's like heroin in uh, for many people uh in that uh you would like literally sell your soul <laughs> in order to keep keep uh going with it um yeah. yeah no for sure i i've i've seen that happen and uh i've i mean i've experienced it dude i tell you heroin the thing about heroin though is like heroin I feel like everyone can get down with like, you know, heroin is like, like, you know, it doesn't see color, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like heroin doesn't care what religion, what race, ethnicity, how much money you have. Like it feels good for everybody. And I think kind of like heroin or unlike heroin, I don't know, um, mm -hmm. you can say that there isn't a heroin lobby that is saying <laughs> <laughs> like, $1,200, 12, I mean, there, I guess there kind of is, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, paying thousands of dollars for new heroin users to take a trip to, to uh, uh, heroin land. 
Oh God, I want to go to Heroin Land. Oh, dude, I want to do Birthright in Heroin Land so bad. <laughs> I'd be like, you know, heroin is why people first started making cherry tomatoes. You know, right? It's just like, you know, if you didn't have heroin, then you wouldn't uh, have that heart stent that's in your father's heart right now. So, you know, maybe yeah. uh, talk a little less shit about heroin. Oh, man. I do love the idea that, like, as part of, you know, reparations for the Holocaust, uh, Germany helped fund heroin for every Jew. <laughs> uh, they got us again! Yeah, um, yeah so... Uh, so this group, uh, the this podcast is named. Um, uh, I got the name specifically from one of the groups where we talked a lot, which was uh, Bad Hasbara. Um, now, um, I will say that for a good portion of this podcast, there are going to be certain like words that I'm saying in Hebrew that are uh, words I've only read and not quite heard. So I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Hasbara is how it looks. Mm -hmm. uh, Hasbara is something I've heard someone else say. Um, so, uh, you know, if you know the correct pronunciation, uh, I don't know, write it in. Well, here's the thing that is that uh -huh. Hebrew's old as shit. That's true. So we don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. We, we don't, don't know actually for sure. Know. Yeah. We don't actually know. That's the truth. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So basically, if the way I'm pronouncing it is just the way it's going to be pronounced, that's mm -hmm. how it's going to be. And we're just going to go with it. Um, so speaking of Hasbara, uh, we have a, a few, you know, so uh, we have a few examples of some fun stuff that happened. I mean, since the seventh, um, the Internet mm -hmm. has become this, I would say, I don't want to say cesspool because I feel like that, you know, it's always a cesspool. It, exactly. It was already a cesspool. Yeah. Uh, but now it, it, it is distilled. A, yes, exactly. Distilled and almost refined in a way that I'm like, oh, I, I know this cesspool. I've been in this cesspool for years and years. And uh, so I'm now seeing a lot of it like breakthrough and um, Twitter especially. I think Elon has decided. I don't know how often you're on Twitter, but not a lot. So Elon Musk, um, he uh, he does not like the Jews, um, but in order to um, not get yelled at, uh, and in order to finally have an advertiser <laughs> that wants him, uh, he has decided to hide behind his love of uh, Israel in order to not be called an anti-Semite by the ADL. So. There's been a lot of like my for you page on Twitter is nothing but all of like the greatest hits of Hasbarists from years past. I mean, we've got mm -hmm. Hen Mazig, uh, I like Richie Torres is is he's everywhere. Uh, Rabbi Shmuley. Uh, he is, he is everywhere. He is just like, they are, they are tweeting up a storm. His daughter, his daughter is also like a new burgeoning star on TikTok. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. So his, his, yeah. his daughter, not the, not the sex shop one, a different oh, one. Oh, a different one. Okay. I thought you were yeah. talking about the one who like sold like uh kosher lube. No, a different one. Okay. A different one. I, I you know, I'm a, a lot of kids. It makes sense. He has a lot of kids. That's kind of his whole thing is just like, uh, he's the rabbi who fucks. I believe that is what he is known for. 
he's the rabbi who fucks. He's also the rabbi who was friends with uh, Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like he's uh, he's a problematic guy. Uh, I mean, I feel like Rabbi Shmuley got famous from uh, he had a primetime reality TV show. Um and it was basically where he was sort of a relationship guide, uh, if I mm -hmm. remember correctly. And he would teach people, um, you know, that the key to a good marriage is uh, when you do a lot of fucky sucky. And, mm -hmm. um, and it was on TV. And uh, that's kind of where he became sort of a national figure, even though he's still kind of like a, I don't know. He also a, ran for Congress at one point. Oh, did he? Um, I think in New Jersey. The cool. funny thing is, like, as a rabbi, and he comes from, like, the same, uh, like, group or world that I was in, which is Chabad, um, mm, yeah. where I was for a while. Um, and But in the Chabad, he's not really taken seriously. Like, he's not, mm. like, a big figure there. You know, he's kind of, like, viewed as kind of a joke. And, yeah. you know, exactly as the way we see him. Like, it's a very narrow niche of people who actually find him insightful. And that's what I find interesting about his fame. That's interesting. I, yeah. I would I would figure he would at least have like Habadnik support. It's so, Not a lot. So he's mostly, it seems to me then mostly what he is, is like if you are someone who needs to have a photo op next to a rabbi who says, nah, he's all right. Exactly. You know, then he's your guy. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so that's that's a cool little career he has. Um, but yeah, like I've been seeing him. I've been seeing a bunch of other, uh, you know, great, great has bars. But then I've also seen some new ones. Oh, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. Ben. Did you have something you were going to say? I was going to say uh, some old like Jew book alumni, um, Rudy Rockman mm -hmm. is yeah. one. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? The 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 guy from uh, Canada. Uh, he's like the indigenous activist. Oh my God. Um, yes. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. 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 I remember him. Oh, he was driving it. Ryan, Ryan Belarus. Yes. Is, is he the one, um, who is his whole thing is defending Zionism because it is an indigenous rights movement. Yeah. He's like one of the, he's like one of the guys who really pushed that into like Jewish consciousness. Like he's one of like Rudy Rockman was another one. Yeah. Um, Yehuda Cohen like that again that's another thing that's like relatively recent like yeah mostly since 2010 2014 oh that, that is uh that's a, a wonderful a wonderful little uh rabbit hole to go down is uh people because you I mean if you'll see the majority of people who are uh indigenous and talking about Zionism um they are certainly not saying that the indigenous people of the land, are the Zionists, no, <laughs> you know, like that is not a position that they're taking. Um, but you know, that of course leaves a beautiful opening for someone who's both indigenous and, uh, a you know, and a grifter, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and you know, these are, these are all people that we're going to for sure go in and do some deep dives into, uh, as this podcast goes on, because they are, they're all fascinating. Like the entire world of Aspara is just um it's a series of different grifters who found a niche that works for them you know it's like if there if israel didn't exist they'd be selling nfts you know they'd be uh 
uh, you know, they would be doing multi-level marketing schemes, drop shipping. Like these guys are, they've found something and they've grabbed yeah. onto it. Um, but I found some new people and I, I just, I, I very much enjoy like uh, just going through my Twitter timeline and just seeing um, what the new Hasbara line is. Um, a fun one recently was uh, this guy who uh, has this, uh, uh, so I don't know how to pronounce his name, uh, Luai Ahmed, um, and he had a tweet in which he says, did they call the death of 377,000 Yemenis a genocide? Nope. Did they call the death of 236,000 Afghans a genocide? Nine. Did they call the death of, and then he just goes on and on. Um, Here's Is this implication here that Afghans speak German? I don't know why he wrote nine for the Afghans one. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Uh, yeah, I you know as it kind of goes on, uh, there's just different versions of no in different languages, and like Somalis, uh, do they call the death of five hundred thousand Somalis uh, a genocide? And then I believe that's a Japanese for no next to it. Uh, yeah. And I'm like, the Iraqi, the funny is the one next to Iraqi that's Hebrew. Low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> low. And the Libyans one is, uh, uh, I think that's Russian. Yeah. It's in, it's in Cyrillic. Cyrillic. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, um, I mean, if we're just going to start with the first one here, uh, 377,000 Yemenis, a genocide. Uh, yes. Yep. Lots of people <laughs> called that a genocide. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like, uh, you know, a, a quick Google search for uh, Yemen genocide will have uh, articles such as from The Guardian. Uh, when will America stop participating in Yemen's genocidal war uh, yeah. by uh, Mark uh, Weisbrot? Like, this is the level of Asbara has never been so uh, easily mm -hmm. debunkable via Google search that it like it, it it warms my heart a little bit because it's always been stupid but it's i've never felt it was that stupid before you know again but like again this is i think one of the main points is that if you want to mm -hmm. like if you want to but if you're someone who is again in that you know pre-change stage and you have just no interest in actually learning something and you are really looking for stuff that confirms your priors which is basically what these guys are doing yeah this is perfect this is gold yeah. Said that had a 1.1 million views. Yeah. 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 So like, yeah, 1.1 million views. Which people Working just, on somebody. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, you know, that's uh, a lot of people who are looking at it and they're going, yeah. So if they're not calling those other genocides a genocide, why are they so obsessed with mm -hmm. a couple thousand, you know, dead children in two months? Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is. It's a fun. It's a fun little game that uh, I think a lot of Zionists like to play, which is just like people who are. Um, it's it's not that you know like the, the genocide is bad. It's that it's like, well, it's not that bad compared to like other yeah. things. So let's yeah, talk. Yeah, let's, another thing yeah. about it is like how unworldly a lot of these people are. Oh yeah. And just not even having any experience of knowing that, yeah, people were kind of mad about <laughs> Yemen. Yeah, like, yeah. Wait, you weren't around for that? 
like, yeah. It, it is a strange thing where it's uh, you you kind of go like, did you just wake up just now to politics? And yeah. I I kind of think that that's the case for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I had noticed that like there is a good amount of people who like maybe were never political before who are um, like this is awakened a sort of nationalism in a lot of them. Uh, And so they they, it's like the first time that they've ever cared about a political issue and they're like mad that most people are on the other side of it. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. So it's uh it's very strange, um, and it's a lot of fun, but uh, I want to talk about an organization that, if you are in the Los Angeles area, um, and I, I'm sure it's everywhere, but um, I only know it from my own neighborhood. Um, it's called JewBelong.org. Oh, my God. Now, um, what? I'm not sure what you know about. Have you? Do you guys have – you're in New York, right? Yeah. Do you guys have JewBelong? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. Yeah, there's a big one on um, the BQE. So if you're driving, and I used to when I where I used to live when I was driving to work, I would drive on the BQE um, going south. There was a giant one. I think there still is one, um, which I think it says, and a lot of them are kind of innocuous. You know, like it doesn't seem like anything that you would argue with. And so the one there says, um, "We're only seventy years removed from the gas chambers, so I don't think calling out Jew hate is a." bad thing or something or is uncalled something like that yeah <laughs> yeah i i don't know if you noticed the paragraphs like the sentences are getting longer <laughs> like, <laughs> like it used to be real short it just you know it would just be like uh you know uh um it would be something along the lines of a cutesy thing about like mm-hmm. you know being a Jew and just like you know hey that means that on Christmas the movie theaters are free you know like yeah uh, or it was like um, did like you know we friend- also like Chinese food. <laughs> It was like Fran Drescher on the nanny level observations of yes. New York Jewish culture half the time. Yes. Uh, it was it was always like a it was cutesy. It was I, it like you could tell it was coming. You, you I, I feel like early on you couldn't really tell politically what this was about. Um, mm-hmm. It was just like it was just kind of. Oh, this is an org uh, th- making like it's just affirmation signs in LA being like it's okay that you're Jewish and you're like okay yeah. th- thank you like there has like, I think like yeah. networking like singles events and stuff like that that was the main yeah thing, think, originally yeah it, uh, like that makes sense to me because of the way it it kind of so we had uh, yeah we don't care which half of you is Jewish jewbelong.org mm-hmm. okay sweet uh cult, cultural Jews died in the gas chambers too speak up okay sure um you know uh can a billboard end anti-semitism no but you're not a billboard jewbelong.org <laughs> it's like okay like I like I didn't have necessarily a problem with it earlier on, but as <laughs> ever since the seventh, screeds like this is like uh, it's like rage posting, but they're putting it on like physical <laughs> mediums, uh, and so some of the ones that have come out since the seventh have been um, 
insane. So we have um, Jubilong uh, put out this. Enough with the sanctimonious quote, I want a ceasefire and my words are important because my p- grandparents were Holocaust survivors, close quote. Well, I'm speaking for the ones who didn't survive and I want the goddamn hostages back. <laughs> Jubilong.org. So lot to unpack there. First of all, too long. Not going to fit into a regular billboard. No editor. No editor. This has literally got to be just one person. Yeah. Um, I, I like it's clearly just a person, and uh, so also like this is a very specific grievance. I want to ceasefire, yeah. and my words are important because my grandparents were Holocaust. You're talking to like who are you talking to? <laughs> you know, is this like so? Is this someone you know, or is this? And also, yeah. are, are we shitting on the families of Holocaust survivors in this? Apparently. That's like, there's a man. <laughs> it's also like, I know, like, this is one very specific person, but there are also people who have said, like, well, I have relatives who died in the Holocaust. Yeah. You know, and this is not what I want. Yes. And she's just like aiming, like, very, it's like a keyhole satellite aimed at, like, one guy. Yeah. <laughs> it should just end who, with. like, you. showed up to a pro-Palestinian <laughs> protest with a sign. Yeah, it should, it literally, it should end with, uh, you know, uh, with this, cut the bull crap, Greg. Like, it's like, <laughs> we know there's someone you're talking to, but also there have been, I mean, you know, if, if, if there's tons of uh, Jewish uh, American anti-Zionists who uh, come from families of Holocaust survivors and mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, very rightly and correctly talk about how never again doesn't just apply to Jewish people. It applies mm-hmm. broadly to any situation in which you have like a growing genocidal sentiment within a society. And uh, like it, it, to to shit on that, to use other holocaust people uh, like people who didn't survive the holocaust as your um i don't know as your avatar for anger is just like it's it's like sickening and also hilariously tone deaf and uh like the the amount of tone deafness has been a lot of fun to watch with jewbelong.org uh, the amazing thing with Jew Belong, I think, is like, I remember, and I'm sure we've all experienced this time <laughs> when we had like Twitter and it was on our phones. And that's one of the things I like about uh, TikTok is that like you can start saying something stupid and halfway through you're like, I should shut the fuck up. But mm-hmm. with Twitter, it was like, because we all grew up in the Mavis Beacon generation, we can type too, way too fucking fast. Mm-hmm. And like the thought is like on the internet before we have a time to think about it. Mm-hmm. And like we all said something stupid, but this person like does that with like 30 foot billboards. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and like, you know, you can you can delete a tweet. I mean, it'll exist, uh, you know, if someone, you know, keeps Pretty a classic, receipt, yeah. but you can you can delete it. This is uh, this is like someone who is there. This is you're setting it in stone. This is someone who is like that confident in their in their tweet game. And the thing is, is it wasn't always tweets. So according to uh, the Internet, um, the brain behind uh, these uh, ads. Oh, hold on. Yes. uh, Is uh, Archie Grotzman. Uh, 
the uh, the co-founder of Jubilong, whose original marketing campaign, So You Ate ba- You Eat Bacon, God has other things to worry about. And when you uh, uh, oh, hold on, when you need a, a ketubah and someone to tell you what it is, uh, were admired by some for bringing an openness and sass uh, to the often stodgy world of organized Jewish lives. Uh, I'll give you this much. She's clever. Like, she's not Yeah. Dumb. No, well, that's the thing. The, she's creative, yeah. Like, er, early on, there was a lot of cleverness to it, or kind of just like cutesiness to it, where mm-hmm. you're just like, all right, you know, this person's having a little fun, trying, trying to, like, make it a little bit loose. Well, but if I remember correctly, she's also the like the like where she got all this money was she was the one behind like the storage ads. Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, yes, if you were in New York during George W. Bush's presidency, the hot pink signs might feel familiar. They recall Did the. I get pro- ahead of you. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's fine. Uh, they recall the pr- provocative billboards for Manhattan mini storage that blared slogans like "If you don't like gay marriage, don't get gay married," and uh, with a picture of a wire hanger, your closet space is shrinking as fast as her right to choose like you know this is this was kind of the word like sort of a liberal you know democrat kind of posting you know this is like this is a slogan creator for for the liberals it's compact it's catchy it's memorable yes she's good at what she does she's good at what she does it's good marketing but much like um many boomer brains and you know uh, a lot of brains of younger people that i know uh after october 7th uh brain broke and so we got uh you know we got posts like this one yes we light a menorah but but call it a person aura if that's less trigger triggering <laughs> jubelong.org we're talking about tri- like like this is just a complete pivot this is, yeah, she turf pivoted. Yeah, yeah, very fast. And I think that that is going to be another thing that we follow is how many people uh, will go from like Zionism to, oh, I'm also a turf now. Mm-hmm. Because it just, uh, it just, it, it all falls in line in the same kind of like reactionary space of just like, you know, I'm. Uh, I'm someone who's mad at the green-haired college kids and who they all have ADHD and they all are bi-curious and trans and what happened to regular America? It's fu- it's funny how quickly <laughs> like liberal Americans are turning into conservatives where they're just like, I remember in my day there was only gay people and lesbians <laughs> and now there's too many letters and it's like this is... <laughs> yeah, it's a space that like I think Barry Weiss very much oh, like yeah. spent the last five years Yeah, uh, maybe not creating but she definitely was like kind of pivotal in expanding it yeah and the funny thing is she'll say like well you know these young people it's like i'm older than barry weiss i think you are too like she's not i know i probably am she's like three she's like i think she's like what 37 36 something like that like (laughs) god am i fucking older than barry weiss that makes me so sad you know i should it's because we chose the wrong career dude we should have <laughs> just been trying to get professors fired this whole time. 
Clearly. Do you know do you know how rich we would be <laughs> if we had just taken this path? I could have done it. I was writing further forward and then yes. eventually like yeah, one of the things that like really kind of put me down this path was just not wanting to put up with like their shit, which was very much like Barry Weiss adjacent. Yeah. 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 And man, like uh, the way the split in the forward has been another interesting thing to uh, watch in the last few years. I I knew a lot of like, um, you know, uh, I think thoughtful, smart people who would write for the forward and then have to work with people like uh, Batya, (laughs) who like, fucking like would has is now a regular presence on fox news i think yeah i think she works for newsweek and yeah she'll be at fox news and other places yeah 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 so uh but yeah um continuing on with uh jew belong um uh, some good news out of all the darkness of what's happened with um jew belong is um so we had a one of their signs was that um Hamas is your problem too. Mm-hmm. And um wonderfully, JVP uh did this. a little bit did a uh, a little bit of uh action, a little bit of street art. Uh recently. they liberated it. They liberated the sign and uh they changed it to let's be clear, Zionism is your problem too. Uh Perfect. and Jews for free Palestine is uh the sign instead of jew belong and uh here's a little little bit uh statement from it jew belong co-founder archie gotsman uh had strong words in response to the defacement the vandals who deface the billboards have made it crystal clear that they are pro-terrorists and that should outrage and alarm americans gotsman said in an email to uh, Jay, uh, quote, the billboards merely stated that Hamas is a problem for all Americans as Hamas wants to destroy the Western way of life and American values. Jew Belong believes in the goal of peace for Palestinian and Israeli people and is deeply troubled that terrorists are standing in the way of that peace. Hold on a second. I just want to like zero in on that one yes, part let's there. Please the, do it. The, 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 and I've started to see this a lot more. And it's so funny because it coexists with something that it can't is this notion that anti-Semitism is a proxy for anti-Western values. Yes. Um, which is, again, like a very like 9-11, post 9-11 era mm-hmm. thing when a lot of the wars in Afghanistan and Iraq and actions in Pakistan and other things were co-signed and aided by Israel and Israel very much positioned itself, you know, not as this indigenous movement, but very much as like the, the frontier and the bulwark against, you know, terrorism and anti-Americanism. Yeah. And the Western outpost, the Western outpost in the Middle East. Yeah. But it's like it was the exact opposite. Like most anti-Semitism was this Western infringing upon, you know, this group in their own midst that they said were against Western values. Right. So it's like the exact opposite. And again, this is the exact opposite of like an indigenous rights movement because mm-hmm. indigenous rights are very much in 100 percent conflict with Western values. Yes. Imperialism and colonialism. And yes. so it's like 
it's like they're trying to hold these two different ideas in their head and they're completely incompatible. Yeah, it's like part of the cognitive dissonance of uh, Zionist um, kind of like narrative and Hasbara is they're doing two things at the same time. Mm -hmm. They are uh, taking the stance that, you know, uh, for their younger, more liberal minded people like, you know, this is – this is an indigenous rights movement. Like, actually, we're woke, you know, uh, while at the same time uh, saying that they are, um, you know, uh, they reflect all the Western values of freedom and democracy and all of these things mm-hmm. that, uh, yeah, it puts them completely in conflict with the idea of like being these. Because uh, as you were saying, uh, like, if you talk to, you know, European anti Semites, the Jews being a Western people with the same values was not the charge. Yeah, no, <laughs> like not at all. There is, and and to have that be your fallback is insane. But beyond that, also, um, Hamas wants to destroy the Western way of life and American values. Like this is something that I have seen now. Um, Ever since uh, people lost their minds, the big thing that I've been hearing, and then this is I've been hearing personally in my life, is you think you're not next when talking mm-hmm. about talking about Hamas. And I just want to say, um, I want to dig into that logistically. What do they think Hamas is? Do they think Hamas is in America, do they think they are supervillains with an entire, like, mole people who live under the ground mm-hmm. who are going to, like, dig a ton? Because it's the way people have been acting, I swear to God, especially in L.A., in the entertainment industry, you'd think that Hamas had dug a tunnel through the center of the earth straight <laughs> into Brentwood. With the, the thought, through the fault lines, yeah, through the fault <laughs> lines, like through, yeah, through the San Andreas fault, and then into like fucking, you know, Los Feliz with like <laughs> the mission to kidnap only the most successful comedians, you know, <laughs> like not just not just any Jews, but like the ones who are the most scared are the ones with the most accolades i swear to god like my my wife has been yelled at by two academy award nominated people about how she is making them feel unsafe not even winners nominees yeah they didn't win they didn't win so you know if they had won maybe they'd feel a little bit more safe um that's one of the perks yeah, it's no, that Hamas is insurance. Literally, it's like part of the gift bag. You go to the Vogue party, you get the gift bag, you get a get a car, you get a nice watch. Little, little iron dome like power <laughs> just for you. You get an iron dome, <laughs> a mini iron dome just for your uh your mansion in Bel Air. Yeah. Uh <laughs> but um fucking uh the idea of Hamas, I you know, it's like part of this like conflation that they've been trying ever since like the eighth. Which is Hamas? Mm-hmm. Hamas equals ISIS. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not just Israel's problem in this very specific part of Israel in the land. You know what I mean? It's like uh, geographically, 
very a uh, very much contained thing hamas yeah but it's like it, as soon as they try to conflate it as being the same as isis then they're bringing up oh you know isis you know this is this is part of an ideology that like you know took over not just the middle east but there was like mass shootings in uh in fucking europe and uh in um the united states like they're trying to al-qaeda eyes for lack 100%. of a better word uh, and Al-Qaeda uh, never was even that big. Like, Al-Qaeda yeah. had, like, a, they had a hit. They had a, they had a big hit. They had know? one really big hit. Really they big had a, hit. Their early shit was kind of good with the, you know, the U- <laughs> the USS uh, Cole. That um, was like the bleach of um, <laughs> Al-Qaeda. <laughs> that was the sub-pop years. <laughs> that was when they were the, the, the indie record they put out and they're like oh shit they did that yeah all right yeah 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 and then david geffen came in and he said we're gonna make you guys huge do 9 <laughs> uh but yeah like the idea of hamas being uh you know this al-qaeda like mm-hmm. you know splinter cell organization with like you know you, the, you know there was uh people saying that they're trying to get in through mexico and i'm like oh yeah. man they are really banking on the american public's general uh ignorance about like arab it's organizations it's not a bad bet yeah yeah it's a good i understand it like <laughs> i i but as you know when you when you know when you're familiar with Hamas and you're familiar with Israel and uh, the situation they got over there. It's very ridiculous sounding because it is it is uh, it's an insanely specific thing that they are trying to universalize. Yeah, it's ridiculous, but it's not like unprecedented in that Mm. it's very much like the orientalist view of a lot of these groups um and the uh the moral panicky you know notion where it's this thing is just bigger than it could possibly ever be logistically yeah like when oprah was going on about those ring parties or the satanic panic yeah or, yeah um yeah where they put in broken glass and halloween candy or whatever mm-hmm. it yeah. is yeah and the, fe- it's the also fentanyl, rainbow fentanyl the, skittles, rainbow fentanyl skittles. <laughs> yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, uh, and this notion also that these groups are barbarians who just kill for no other reason than that's what they enjoy doing. Bloodlust. There's no yeah. aim. There's no ideology. There's no sense of humanity in there. It's like there's this entire group of millions of people, the Palestinians who hate Jews so much that they're willing to sacrifice their children, their homes, their livelihoods, their right. farms, just to make you look bad. Right. Yeah. 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 Like that's what they're all about. It's racist and also just fantastic in a way that is like unbelievable. It's just not realistic. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's turned Hamas into uh like a super villain status. Like they, they, they need people to believe that Hamas has the ability to uh like get your children in Santa Monica uh, mm-hmm. because you know, they, otherwise, if you look at what is what Hamas actually is and how they are, very much in a very specific geographical location that is literally surrounded by walls and barbed wire. You're like, oh, uh, this is uh, this is feeling less um, like 
Showtime's Homeland. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like this it's is not this, funny, is, yeah. this is not a Tom is, Clancy novel about like secret cells of Islamic terrorists. This is no. And again, very Gaza, like you said, is very like it's relatively it's small. It's about mm-hmm. twenty five miles long. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I forgot how many miles wide. It's proportionate to like Manhattan, right? You know, twice is like twice the size, like long, and I think with. Yeah, um, which you know is something that a person in semi decent shape, you know, every year hundreds yeah. of people run that distance in New York and LA and Boston right. and wherever. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And that's where they are. And again, yes. I think somebody else pointed out once that like eighty five percent of Hamas fighters are orphans, like they lost either one or both of yeah. their parents. You know, in either you know uh, the campaign in 2014 which killed 2400 people or right. in other campaigns yeah you know? but yeah the point is is that like uh hamas is not this global threat it is it is uh it is not something that you can apply right. uh as kind of clumsily as you would apply to any uh islamic fundamentalist terrorist organization and like it, it, you know it also the, again, the is, it, again it's part of this um this habit, you know, this long racist habit of Orientalism, mm-hmm. which is the West projecting its worst fears and its worst, not just pro- projecting itself, mm-hmm. like its worst qualities onto the people that it's trying to harm. Right. You know, the U.S. is the global threat. The U.S. is the one with art with bases in I don't know how many hundreds of countries, yeah. which has like a stranglehold on Central Africa, which yeah. is bases in Australia, yeah. you know, all over the place, you know, which well, is killing people in yeah. countries, which is invaded, which has like interfered with governments. That's the global threat. We're yeah. the global threat. Yeah. 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 I mean, but you know, we're also, you know, we're, we're the good guys though. Yeah. We were, we have America, to do, America do the good things. America, but America good. We can all agree. <laughs> America bring McDonald's. America bring happy me America make happy. So we're the, you know, the dollar menu does slap. The dollar menu slaps. You think that they have the dollar menu in um Africa? No. But <laughs> if you think they have the dollar menu <laughs> this is uh this is a version of argument. I see I I wish I could just be this guy. You know, the guy who's just like America good because I can get hamburger. That's free, dumb. It's low effort and it's high paying, which is yes. really what we all want. Oh man, yeah, low effort, high pay, and you pay money to eat more hamburger. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, in conclusion, this uh, you know, Hamas uh, equals ISIS equals mm-hmm. global threat equals be scared, be scared, be scared is. Um, it's just so phony and so uh, cheap and, of course, fake. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's not to say that, like, uh, you know, uh, once again, on this podcast, uh, we do not support anyone. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, and You lose your job for something like that. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't support no one? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, it's just the idea of uh, trying to make, uh, I don't know, the the people who I know in Culver City, like scared of Hamas is like, it's, it is a way to just um, make you be on the lookout for Hamas. And then as soon as you see a, um, 
college kid uh, with a ceasefire shirt on, you're just like, maybe that's Hamas. And that is. And that's what a lot of like, I didn't, did you see, I don't know if it was a, it wasn't an SNL sketch. It was somebody again, who had enough money to make this relatively well-produced skit about the two college students. And I think one of them had green hair and they're both clearly queer coded. Oh yeah. You know, it was Israel. uh, Israel's uh, like, they're like big late night sketch show. Right. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think it's like their Saturday Night Live. Early. Yeah. yeah, it's like Sunday night. You know, I guess they could still do it Saturday night. It's after Shabbat. <laughs> Yom, Yom Shabbat Night Live. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> live from uh, uh, Tel Aviv. Yeah, yeah. Um, live from Tel Aviv. It's, most of Shabbos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, there's like two queer-coded, um, like, uh, American college students mm-hmm. who are just like we support Hamas. Yeah, we're yeah. I, the German for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is my Israeli accent is going to change multiple times throughout because <laughs> uh, I'm trying to do an Israeli accent of them doing an American uh, like <laughs> queer accent. So it's a lot going on. Um, you need but, to get McNulty to do that. Like, yeah, he's, I know he's <laughs> he would crush it. Um, What's his name? Uh, Dominic West. Dominic, Dominic West. Yeah, yeah, because he knows how to just like really, like say, ah, oh, fuck it. Who needs to get the accent right? I'm just gonna just <laughs> make it weird and be confident about it. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I saw that sketch. It was, uh, it was just, uh, it's the same joke over and over again. It's just the same like joke over and over again. And again, I think one of the things that a lot of people should always pay attention to is. Um, when you see propaganda out there, like what is the really well-produced stuff? Mm-hmm. Like what is the stuff that clearly has like lighting and multiple takes and a lot and versus what is the people just kind of standing out on the street, you know, talking to a camera. Right. You know, there's another one that went out on the uh, Israel TikTok, mm. which was this scripted and like well-lit um uh, like short, like three or four, four minute thing where a woman um, was saying, well, I was sexually assaulted by a Hamas fighter. And she goes to a world organization to say, well, we saw her, we can't help <laughs> legitimate resistance. Like that sort of thing. Again, well-produced, well-funded. I don't say well-produced, but it's clearly got money behind it. Yeah. Oh, I saw that one. Yeah. That, that is uh, the one where, um, uh, oh no, what country are you from? And she was like, Israel. And uh, they were like, we can't help you. And uh, that was, um, you know, it's, uh, listen, Israel, uh, Israel's social media people are, um, they're not sending their best. And neither are there, uh, like, heavy-handed attempts at shaming institutions like Amnesty International. And they don't have to, because the main thing that I've come to like really believe about a lot of Hasbara is that it's not aimed at um, us. It's not aimed at yes. Palestinian supporters. It's not yes. even, I don't think, aimed at people who are on the fence. Yeah. It is aimed mostly at their own supporters. It's internal against both. I, I'm not even going to say Israelis, because a lot of like, it's aimed at Americans. It's aimed I, at very Americans. much Americans, yes. Yeah, which is it's a it's a technique that was really like Bibi Netanyahu before he was prime minister, before he was a politician, really was one of the people who like pioneered this technique of like Mm -hmm. appealing to specifically American Jews 
um, and their fear of anti-Semitism right. and this notion of this contradiction between, well, if you support, you know, the women of Hollywood, but not the women of, you know, the Gaza envelope, then clearly that's anti-Semitism. Right. You know, if you support the indigenous people of the Amazon and the United States, but not uh Tel Aviv, then you're clearly <laughs> anti-Semitic. Right. You know, it's like clearly like the the indigenous people of Israel who came here and put uh, McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, and, they made uh, hamburgers. You know? Yes, you know, yes. Like, I mean, <clears throat> listen, eating McDonald's been part of indigenous culture, I think, for thousands of years. And I think we know that to be true. So we thank you, Netanyahu, for pointing that out. In such a great fashion. Um, speaking of the Amazon, um, I want to close out this podcast with a, <clears throat> a little palate cleanser. <clears throat> Excuse me. A little palate cleanser um, about how we're going to solve the conflict in the Middle East with a, a small clip uh, from uh, the wonderful, brilliant, um, genius, uh, political scientist, Marianne Williamson. Uh, and, <laughs> and what you do now? <laughs> this is, uh, I think this is an older clip of a little interview she's doing with a, a familiar face, uh, Mr. James Cameron. I don't know. I, you might not, I want, I want to tell you this. I was in Israel mm -hmm. and I was talking to some Israeli and Palestinian peacemakers. And I said, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I said, well, you know, the great mother doesn't choose sides. According to Avatar, the great mother doesn't choose sides. She's there to protect balance. Yes. She doesn't pick a winner. She protects balance. And yes. do you know what the Palestinian and the Israelis in the room, do you know their reaction? What did they say? <laughs> they, they, they thought about it. They That's nodded. Good. And I think it was because some of them had seen Avatar. That that made me feel really good. And um, I think we can close it out there. Thank you, Marianne Williamson. I think that we all need to see Avatar. Ben Ziggy, thank you so much for coming on the first ever episode of Bad Hasbara. Thank you for having me. I feel like a pioneer. Yeah, you are. You are <laughs> literally a settler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you all for listening. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you want to email, broadcast at gmail.com. Uh, and you, if you want all of the content that we do over at the broadcast, uh, patreon.com slash broadcast. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, Ben, where can people find you? Um, you can find me at Evil Canadal on TikTok or Instagram. That's E E E V E L K N E I D E L. It's like evil Knievel, but Knievel, like a matzo ball. Yeah. So that you, is a mnemonic for like five people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it is, it is great content. Uh, you, Thank you, uh, I, I love watching uh, what you do. And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just glad there are some people from uh, Jew Book who are still out here and, yeah. uh, you know, speaking truth to, I would say power, but it's to like other kids. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're not kids anymore, though. Now we're old. We're fucking older than Barry Weiss. I'm 40. I gotta kill myself. <laughs> I'm fucking kill myself. Um, all right, fellas. Until next time. Uh, oh, I never. I haven't figured out what the sign out is. Lila uh, Toes. I don't know. I'll figure. I'll figure something there is, out. There is a list. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until next time. There is a list. Us. Us. Oh, Karate.
Drinking water, us. We invented all that shit. <laughs>